Welcome to the Sustainability Agenda podcast. My name is Fregel Byrne. Every week I speak to leading sustainability thinkers and practitioners, scientists, economists, NGOs, business leaders and investors. We discuss the sustainability imperative, the key challenges, the latest thinking, and what's working in sustainability, resilience and regeneration. I'm very pleased today to welcome Mark Ventresco and Michele Scatolini to the Sustainability Agenda podcast. Mark serves in the faculty of the Said Business School at the University of Oxford and is a governing body fellow at Wolfson College, Oxford. His research and teaching focuses on innovation, institution and infrastructure. Michele is an innovation strategy advisor with more than 20 years experience in the management consultancy industry, including 10 at EY. He specialises in public policy and innovation strategy. Earlier this year, Mark and McKelly co-authored an article funding the UN Sustainable Development Goals, Lessons from Donation-Based Crowdfunding Platforms. Thank you very much, McKelly and Mark, for joining me today on the Sustainability Agenda podcast. Thank you for having us. Uh, excellent. Well, I'm very interested to uh, really focus on some research you've both been doing, which... Um, focuses on a, a couple of key areas that are that are interesting the SDGs how the SDGs are funded and also the growth in new funding mechanisms like crowdfunding and how that might play into that so um maybe before we go into details on that if you could just maybe give me some background about uh, what both of you do mm-hmm. right mark would you like to start with uh, uh, yourself sure thank you michele Okay, well, thank you, Fergal. Thank you so much for having us join you. It's really a pleasure to be speaking with you. I'm on faculty at the University of Oxford. My work is concerned with strategy and innovation. I'm especially interested in emerging technologies and platforms. I also have a long interest in social and social innovation and the role of the social, meaning social infrastructure, meaning systems, identity, cultural politics. And I think that those are really interesting issues to use when try to understand some of the emerging platforms, gig economy, uh, and some of these tools like crowdfunding platforms. Michele, over to you. Thank you. Um, I, I run an innovation strategy company called uh, Insta Associates. So I'm very interested in uh, how uh, technologies and uh, innovation strategy can be used to apply um, to solve societal problems. And uh, I combine a stro- strong background in uh, public policy. So a lot of the work that I do is really at the intersection between uh, innovation and uh, public policy and socioeconomic development. Very good, very good. Now, can you tell me a little bit the background to this research and um, what motivated you to to go down this road and uh, talk a little bit, I guess, about the uh, current status of the SDGs and the the kind of um, funding environment in which we find ourselves? So let me, Fergal, let me say a quick couple of minutes, then I'll give it over to Michele, who really has a lot of the in-depth knowledge. Uh, the This project, like many today, is really building at the intersection of three things. On one hand, we have new technologies and, in some sense, platform technologies that are really redescribing how we connect and what we do with those connections and the kinds of initiatives we can take. So we'll talk a little bit about crowdfunding. That's one of many emerging financial technology or financial services uh, initiatives that starts from the idea of a platform 
but lets many people find each other. In a sense, these platforms are functioning as marketplaces. They're allowing people that have something they want to do or give or offer to find people who want those services or those activities. So very general level. Um, and that's exciting. That's as you know, as, as you know, we've we've remade many parts of the modern economy by thinking in platform terms. This comes from the work some people will know of Al Roth, the Nobel Prize winner, who really redescribed markets as two-sided platforms. There, there is a supply and there is a demand, but very little naturally connects those. And his work and that of many others has been to say. What becomes interesting is who builds the infrastructure, who builds the connective tissue, who builds the scaffolding and the network channels that allow the people that have something they want to provide to the people who want to access that provisioning. So there's platforms in general. Um, the SDGs, I think, are interesting. They've risen to prominence in the last couple of years. Again, as many colleagues will know, the SDGs really grow out of an earlier effort uh, to set global standards, aspirations, benchmarks to address a number of, of grand challenges in the world having to do with health, sanitation, poverty, maternal death, maternal mortality, and other issues. Uh, the SDGs specifically make that a global issue and begin to outline uh, almost two dozen uh, initiatives in different policy domains. What's interesting is the SDGs are not a substantive solution, nor are they a prescription for how to solve problems. Rather, they provide aspirational goals and metrics um, for a number of these policy sectors. What's especially interesting is in the last couple of years, the SDGs have become a touch point for many organizations, for many large firms, for many activists. In a, <clears throat> excuse me, in a sense, they've provided an activity and a set of aspirations around which people can organize and people can make claims. And so the SDGs have risen on the agenda, the public agenda, the policy agenda, very rapidly and taken form in the last couple of years. What's interesting, though, still is that the SDGs, as I said, are not solutions or mechanisms, they're aspirations. And so you see a lot of interesting organizing occurring in the idiom of the SDGs, in the spirit of the SDGs, in the aspiration of the SDGs. And that really caught our attention. Um, a third element is research we've done on the work of system builders, that is, individuals and organizations that pay attention to that kind of connective tissue, that kind of scaffolding, that are interested in building the infrastructure that makes novelty possible, that makes innovation possible. So those three worlds are sort of all active. And Mikhail came along and really turned that into a set of questions and a set of research issues. Michele, you want to pick up there? Mm, that's great, Mark. Uh, so indeed, yes, we we started uh, looking at this uh, at this problem of a uh, of um, sustainable development within the broader framework of of the SDGs, uh, and uh, and so one of the first questions uh, for us was, you know, what are the opportunities around? Uh, a technology that can better enable us to, uh, you know, to, to deliver the, the sustainable development agenda, and of course, this path can go in uh, in many different uh, directions. But um, one one of the first things that uh, we started to look at, uh, for instance, was uh, the blockchain, and uh, and there's a lot of uh, of uh, of ferment in this area. 
and and uh, we studied uh, a bit the functioning of this technology until we realized that um, so the, this is not a dominant uh, technology uh, yet, and uh, despite it may have uh, um, the potential for uh, solving part of the of the problems of, of channeling resources towards the SDGs, there is already a more uh, stable uh, technology uh, which is uh, crowdfunding, and crowdfunding belongs uh, uh, to the broader universe of, of fintech. So these are actually um, technological solution used by in the, in the financial sector and we have uh, um, crowdfunding applications uh, for providing loans, for providing investment and also for providing donations. And so we, we literally went out and, uh, and say, hey, hey, how can we learn more about how uh, crowdfunding platform, uh, platforms work? And, uh, and you know, given the scope of uh, of, of the SDGs and uh, um, the, the idea of, of public policy in the background, uh, we said let's go and look at uh, how donation crowdfunding platforms function. And so we selected uh, three platforms uh, based on uh, you know some some criteria and. Uh, um, we went out and explored the, the innovation strategies of three really successful platforms, which are uh, Just Giving in the UK and uh, Generosity and, and CrowdRise uh, in the US. And uh, and we applied some uh, some of the innovation strategy tools that uh, that Mark mentioned earlier and that he teaches at the at the business school, literally to uh, take apart the the functioning of these platforms in terms of uh, of technology, of the ecosystem that they build, and understanding what what was the process of of system building uh, for them. And uh, and this uh, enabled us to, uh, to draw out three key lessons on on the functioning of these platforms, and uh, and understand whether uh, it was possible to apply the same questions to uh, to solve the problem of uh, channeling resources towards the SDGs. So you know, literally, there are. Uh, we found out that uh, for uh, crowdfunding uh, to uh, be able to channel resources towards uh, uh, the SDGs and create uh, an impact that is measurable, we need to have uh, uh, three things in place. Firstly, we need to have uh, a crowdfunding platform that functions according to the industry best practices. Secondly, we need uh, a strategy uh, to connect uh, fundraisers to funders and channel resources towards the SDGs and make an impact. And thirdly, we need uh, the system builders, which are, uh, as Mark said, these, uh, these entrepreneurs that uh, build a connecting tissue uh, between different stakeholders and assets. Right, right. Now, it, just maybe just to set the context a little bit, um, the, the kinds of sums of money that are uh, bandied about when it comes to the SDGs are eye-popping, talking of trillions of uh, dollars uh, annually. Um, do you have a sense of how, how, how that is going um, at the moment? Or are we reaching anywhere near the kinds of levels of targets that, that, that have been set? Is, is it an optimistic scenario? Do you, can you talk a little bit about that? Mm, certainly. We, we, let's say we don't have um, really updated uh, statistical information around this, but based on some uh, recent interviews of, uh, of UN 
uh, officers, uh, I think countries are sailing at different pace towards uh, the goals that they have set uh, for their countries. And uh, generally speaking, uh, um, in different publications, there is a consensus that the annual financing gap for achieving uh, the SDGs is in the range of five to seven trillion uh, per year. And so this encompasses really uh, an effort of different types of stakeholders that are not only governments, but are also the private sector, so corporates, and uh, the effort of individual citizens like all of us that can give a contribution towards the cause. Yes, yes. And do you have any sense, did you have, um, before you set out, or even now, a sense of the kind of scale which you could expect from these kind of crowd-raising, crowdfunding uh, platforms? Definitely. So we we performed, uh, we we had access to uh, global data for uh, 2016. And, uh, you know, currently um, uh, donation crowdfunding uh, annually uh, is a market that is worth uh, about uh, 0.56 billion per year. So it's relatively small compared to the global problem. But on the other hand, if we look at uh, um, the, the global annual value of philanthropic giving, this is in the range of uh, half trillion US dollars. And uh, and why do we uh, take philanthropic giving uh, as, a, as a proxy for the potential market value of, uh, of donation crowdfunding? Well, the reason is that if we observe trends in, uh, in, in philanthropic giving and donations, there is an increased tendency in the use of technology Uh, donors want more transparency and they want to be able to measure impact, which are all things that uh, a well-structured donation crowdfunding platform uh, can definitely provide. Yes. Can you maybe just give a little bit of background about donation crowdfunding? I'm more familiar with the traditional kind of crowdfunding. Can you talk a little bit about donation crowdfunding and what it is that the uh, funders are looking for? Certainly. So, uh, again, it's a a two-sided platform. And um, so on one side, we have uh, um, fundraisers. So these are the organizations uh, raising money for different causes. Uh, It can be, uh, for example, a non-profit organization, or it can be also an individual raising uh, money for a specific project or generally towards the cause or towards the budget of of an organization. And on the other hand, there are uh, the funders. So these are uh, can be uh, people, institutions that are driven by, uh, let's say, the the higher purpose of, of doing good. So there's an emotional aspect there, but there are, there are also people that donate um, driven by uh, a financial incentive, so a tax incentive, uh, and, uh, um, and and so there are there are different uh, reasons why why this happens. And people donate online maybe because they think that this is more transparent than donating to organizations that have uh, navigated through, um, let's say, a lot of scandals uh, recently. And so there's a bundle of reasons why, why um, which people go online and decide to give their money to third parties. Yes, yes. And uh, do you inv- why would a large institution or a philanthropist, or would they, what kind of, uh, do you have a sense of the demographics or the structure, the kinds of uh, funders that you're more likely to find in a, in a, a donor crowdfunding environment? Mm-hmm. 
Michele, could I jump in here for a second? Certainly. So, Fergal, it's a really good question. Let me let me speak to a couple of the conversations that we've had in the last few minutes, just as a point of context. Um, you'd asked a little bit about why these crowdfunding platforms and how they work. So, I think Michele gave you a really concise answer in terms of the existing crowdfunding platforms. Let me step back for a second and ask us to reflect. Crowdfunding in general, the idea of creating a platform where potential investors can meet potential investments, you know, really comes out of a couple of issues. One, it comes out of an effort to democratize access to funding new ventures. It comes out of a lot of interest in converting what are now idiosyncratic donations to individual agencies or individual artists or individual journalists into a more broad-based, potentially scalable activity. So the, the source of 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 crowdfunding has many origins, but primarily was an effort to take what is right now disaggregated, fragmented, and various, and say, oh, oh, we could create a platform where you could invest in new ventures, or you could invest in new journalists, or young talent, or musicians, or whatever. And there's a you know there's a decade of experience and history with that, and some of the funding platforms that we looked at have been pioneers in that area. There's also, though, an interesting further question, which is, can these platforms actually shake loose additional money? Can they attract, and this is what McKelly was just talking about, can they attract donors who wouldn't want to donate in a traditional way? And this is the idea that says, oh, these platforms need to take into account tax provisioning. They need to take into account privacy. In other words, there are many ways that the platforms can be amenable to customizing giving environments that will provide incentives for new kinds of actors to get involved. Step back one step further, you asked Fergal a little bit about the volume of money involved. So Michele said right now, the crowdfunding platforms basically transact around a half a billion in currents, in in our units of currency. The SDGs are estimated between three to five billion or 17 billion, depending on who you talk to. These are big sums of money. So we don't think donor-based crowdfunding platforms are gonna solve that. We think they're a new tool to begin to experiment with how would we increase the amount of money that's going to fund the SDGs. Uh, And where McKelly was starting to go, I think is exactly right. You could imagine that this platform, once it's in place, being customized by different intermediaries for large corporations or for family foundations or for community agencies or for individuals. So, so part of the gift of the of the donor-based crowdfunding platform world is they've given us a lot of insights about how to reach different kinds of donors, how to customize that, how to create, in a sense, niche giving opportunities that are all resident on the same platform. And part of our work was shaped by the UN's efforts. The UN has a donor-based crowdfunding platform in support of the SDGs. It's early days. It's very much experimental still. But what we realized is they haven't, at least to date, they haven't really taken part in this work of customizing and learning and creating congenial donation environments for different stakeholders. And so that's part of our interest is that once you have a supple, agile crowdfunding platform in place, then many actors, many intermediaries, many brokers, many system builders could all use that platform to reach out to different communities and different constituencies and create new flows of money. Now, will that money equal $17 billion? Well, probably not in, not in the immediate near term, but the, but the platform becomes a basis for experimenting 
in reaching different communities, tailoring the message, making it especially appealing for one or another constituency to consider giving. So let me go back to Mikhail. I think, Mikhail, you've got some much more on the ground knowledge of this, but I just wanted to add in that bit of context to both the volume of money we think about and also why platforms are interesting, even though today or even next year or next five years, they're not going to solve this, this funding shortfall. But they're a kind of a new experimental way to really explore how to reach large corporate donors, how to reach governments, how to reach foundations. You know, in other words, to realize, like any good platform, this platform could allow many actors to use the platform as a tool and then customize to reach new kinds of donors. Right. Sorry. I think you were talking about billions there, but I think it's trillions, isn't it? I, it, I should have said trillions. Yeah, it is trillions. Yep. I think it's a half a billion in current revenues from crowdfunding donation, but I think it is 17 trillion. I, yeah, I, I, and I, I think annually, well, the figures vary, don't they? Um, they vary. Yeah, We're actually involved in an five, right seven, five, seven trillion dollars, th those kind of figures. Um, and... Um, yeah, I, I guess, and I, this may not be something that you've looked at at all, but just generally within the context of um, of funding, um, it seems such a vast sum of money that I guess the kind of question I would have had as well as to do with is the financial architecture. You know, we have the IMF and the World Bank and organizations like that, Um do you think there's a need for some kind of structural mechanism like that at a very high level, what may be different fiscal tax incentives, who knows, things like that, just to mobilize vast sums of money that we're talking about here? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. I think if you talk to colleagues who are interested in the kind of current architecture of international governance, many of them would say, they would say two things. One is the legacy institutions we have are ill-suited to the task ahead of them. And if we were starting from a blank sheet, we probably wouldn't create the kinds of institutions that made sense in the kind of post-World War II era through the end of the 20th century, the 20th century. So I think you're right. The kind of ideas that Michele and I have talked about are really experiments that could help inform that larger set of institutional arrangements. We mentioned Al Roth a few minutes ago. He's an evolutionary economist. He's one of a community of economists who are really turning toward experimentation to create from the economics tradition a positive uh, outcome in the world. So as we said, Roth would say markets are actually two-sided platforms, and it's in the rare or specific case that those two sides, supply and demand, find each other in some natural way. Instead, most markets require intermediation, scaffolding, and so forth. So in a sense, the crowdfunding platforms we see as a chance to experiment and learn in the way that many behavioral economists would talk about, in the way that many social psychologists would talk about, to really experiment with different configurations of identities and assets and interests and incentives as a kind of a micro foundation for those new institutions that you're talking about. So in a sense, you know, what we have here is a mechanism that would let us experiment our way to a new set of global institutions rather than imposing them by fiat and then muddling through. So there's the promise here of using crowdfunding platforms 
to really understand something about the micro motives of giving and then build those into these larger institutions that would then do what you said and what Michele said a few minutes ago, would then connect with national tax agencies, would then become the basis for arguments about new kinds of funding streams, would become the basis for understanding something about regulation. It's very interesting what you say, because I guess underlying this is the fundamental question, which is we're trying to mobilize new sources of, of, of funding as well, you know, because this is the, the, whole, the scale of this, you know, these projects which might have been undertaken, you know, uh, via, you know, some kind of multilateral agencies and, you know, governments and so forth, and that capital is not available to the same degree, and certainly given the scale of the needs here that, as you say, looking for different uh, mechanisms, different ways to bring, as you say, both sides of the table together, both sides of the equation the, that t t together. And I'm just wondering also to what degree um, you see the potential of uh, donor uh, crowdfunding to reach even the, the level that we have with the, with the, the, the more uh, commercial uh, crowdfunding, which has been a tremendous success. Hmm. Um, certainly. So, um, you know, we, we set out our research exploring uh, three successful platforms. And as Mark said, uh, in, uh, in performing this study, we somehow stumbled upon the UN's uh, uh, initiative called uh, Digital Good. And, uh, and, and we uh, indirectly benchmarked the, the current the, the platform of the UN with these, uh, um, let's say, most performing crowdfunding platform. And we noticed that certainly there is a, a room for uh, improvement or better customization or better use of technology. And, uh, you know, there, there's a number of uh, lessons learned from the, the big players that can be immediately applied to these platforms. And uh, they encompass, uh, let's say, both technology to increase openness and outreach of the platform uh, and they encompass uh, uh, access to tax incentives which we were talking about earlier uh, accessibility to also to um, not only to um, people to fundraise on the platform but also to organizations and uh, a better customized approach for uh, for markets and, and marketing initiatives and better communication so certainly there are a number of lessons learned that can be applied to improve existing platforms. Right. So th what, what I guess you're talking about these uh, um, uh, other uh, elements around the actual platform itself. Uh, it's still fairly recent, isn't it? I guess the compared to the, 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 the general, the, the, the whole idea of crowdfunding more generally. Do you potentially see the, the benefit i mean clearly the digital good is in the context of the un do you think other platforms will emerge similar to uh you know just giving hmm. um well we perform uh, let's say um, a market analysis to understand who are the existing player in the space of a uh, um, donation crowdfunding for the sdgs and, uh, and actually, the United Nations Digital Good Initiatives was the only one mentioning uh, in, in a very upfront way that they were crowdfunding for the SDGs. But this type of initiatives uh, could be, uh, let's say, a spin-off of uh, um, you know, the successful crowdfunding platforms. 
like their not-for-profit initiatives, uh, or could also be um, easily implemented by uh, almost anybody um, with some understanding of crowdfunding platforms and system building. And uh, the reason why uh, we are saying this is because uh, um, to build a crowdfunding platform with uh, uh, core functionalities uh, aligned to the industry standards costs as little as $40 per month. On top of this, there is all the system building work, but technology per se is not a barrier to entering this market. Yes, yes. What about large donors and the big philanthropists and so forth? Hmm. Um, just wonder intuitively whether technology intermediation helps, and particularly we're talking about very large sums of money. I mean, have you got a sense of the kinds of sums of money that would lend itself to these kind of platforms? On behalf of donors, um, I don't have, we don't have a sense of that. But what uh, um, in terms of amounts? But what we can tell you is that we have observed that uh, there are some uh, donors, like uh, uh, the UK government or also the uh, European institution, that are already experimenting in uh, co-financing initiatives uh, that are um, on platforms. So basically, they contribute with their own financial resources and budgets to initiatives that are funded by people. And so they are part of this conversation. I don't think we can exclude that they will come up with their own initiatives as well. Right, right. So looking forward then over the next, what, three to five years, do you have a sense, uh, does your research suggest some things that need to be done and a kind of a sense of the scale of the potential that, that, that you know, this, this um, that it, it represents? And I guess also, as Mark was saying, given the agenda is also to experiment and find new, you know, it, it's not necessary to, to, to straight away to come up with the answer, but to find the, those mechanisms that work best and, and how they're tailored the best and are suitable for particular kinds of donors. Mm -hmm. Certainly. And, uh, you know, the, the, we, we made the two considerations here that, uh, uh, on one side, uh, um, the SDGs provide a, a very broad framework of interventions, which goes uh, uh, is detailed into approximately 193 um, indicators um, to measure success. And on the other hand, we have uh, um, crowdfunding as a solution which uh, can be customized and we can adopt very different strategies. They can be local strategy for crowdfunding or global strategies. They can connect different type of players. So we see this almost as an open field where uh, um, an infinite amount of system builders could, could go in an experiment in, in the field. Interesting, interesting. <laughs> Can I, may I just jump in there for a second? And Michele, just to build on what you're saying and Fergal to maybe step back to the SDGs for a minute. I think the, the question here is really about, it's, I think the SDGs themselves are kind of an experiment. Let's go back to basic innovation insights. What, what the SDGs are are aspirations concretized or codified into metrics. We, we take the world, we organize it into 17 policy sectors. We build out 193 metrics, and then we say to the world, okay, here, here are the issues, go, right? So we're, it's the ultimate crowdsourcing activity. We're inviting a lot of different actors to see what they can do. Given this framework or given the, these guidelines, 
where can they put energy, who can they mobilize, what resources, what solutions, what initiatives. So I think the SDGs are usefully seen as a big experiment. We don't know how to solve these issues. No one agency has the money. No one country is willing to uh, put all of their resources like it. I'm sure a lot of people have heard the analogies to the uh, explorations in space in the late 1950s, early 1960s, when very substantial parts of national budgets were devoted to the idea of putting a person on the moon or the idea of a, of a, of a moon sh of a Mars shot or whatever, right? So there was a period of time when very large sums of money, government attention, private activity, scientific research all got focused. I think the SDGs are much like that. They are a set of frameworks that dig into tough, big, intractable problems and allow many different actors to have a go at solving them. If you think of the SDGs that way, what that means is we're entering a decade of experiments, activity, initiatives, debates, arguments, that over time will bring more and more actors into this conversation. Michele a minute ago said, you know, the SDGs are like a big open field where people will start to begin to work, plow, create things, create efforts, solutions, build activities together. I think that, I think Michele's idea is a really important idea that it's a, that it's an open field. These are frameworks that give us some guidance, but the specifics are really underdetermined. And I think we see our work, this work on crowdfunding platforms as one of likely many experiments to say, how could we get more money flowing here? What kinds of initiatives would enable that? What kind of actors do we need to bring together? And again, as Michele said, it may be that some and some actors, some agencies, some governments want to work on three of those 17 or five of those 193 indicators. So what we're going to see in the next decade is an enormous amount of effort and activity, but also the need to find ways to observe, monitor, evaluate, and learn from those initiatives. And I think we see the crowdfunding platforms as one of those initiatives. Is that a helpful? Is that a helpful way to say it? Or very helpful, very helpful. So I mean optimistic generally that this is the, the, the potential here and and maybe uh, both of you could crystallize what you think a couple of the takeaways are here in terms of going forward with this and uh, creating a context in which this might you know offer as uh, most potential yeah that'd be great Michele would you like to start or would you like me to start yeah certainly um so where we see that there is a, a good potential is uh, um, to, well, step, stepping back. So as we said, the, this, these are initiatives that could be undertaken by a social entrepreneur, could be undertake, undertaken at the national level or for one or more SDGs, or could be undertaken on a, on a global scale by somebody like uh, the UN. Um, one uh, one um, important takeaway is that um, for the initiatives uh, um, to happen and for the crowdfunding platform to happen, we see the opportunity of uh, um, involving different type of, of funders. So we see that the platform should be able to connect with the people around the, mm, the globe that uh, use the SDG as a framework for their choices of consuming, of, of giving and of living. Um, could, could connect also with uh, governments who have the opportunity to advance uh, their policy agenda aligned with the SDGs. 
and um, would have also the opportunity to um, tap into the funds of corporate social responsibility because because more and more corporates are using the SDGs as a framework for uh, their strategy. And I think this is an important uh, uh, element that um, only the joint effort of different group groups of stakeholders can make an impact. Um, another uh, interesting point is that uh, um, most of the platforms do not uh, measure what they do in terms of indicators, but it can be fairly simple to set up a monitoring and evaluation uh, system that can help us to track the output results and the impact that um, the platform can have on the SDGs. And I think these are two really important uh, takeaways of the analysis. The third one, as uh, I said, is the role of system builders. So these are literally the people that uh, will go around and build the connections between uh, um, fundraisers and funders and with the institutions, with the statistical offices, find the right projects on the ground, connect with networks of social entrepreneurs that are credible, connect with tax authorities and do all the, um, um, the connectivity between different issues of the ecosystem. Very interesting, very interesting. Um, and just before maybe, uh, I don't know if you want to add anything more to that, um, but I'm just wondering, um, cause one, one way you, you, you clearly uh, were looking at this project in terms, as you say, these kind of nascent and latent uh, technologies and, and uh, emerging platforms and so forth. I'm wondering... In your research, did you come across from the other, taking from the other side, is what what might be some of the obstacles? Because the you know m massive funding uh, requirements, and yet I know that uh, that, that 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 there's uh, a, a growing sense of uh, what, call it dissatisfaction, uh, call it um, what what you will, but realization indeed that it's it's we're not there and we're not nearly there. And um, did, did you come across that in your research, what uh, people might have identified as a few of the bigger obstacles that are, that are stopping these flows of capital? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think I, let me answer uh, in, in one way and then McKelly might take us in a different direction. So your question is a good question, Virgil. Um, in a sense, why isn't more money happening or why isn't more, more money flowing? I think there are three um, initial reasons to consider. One is that the channels don't exist. There aren't well-articulated linkages between problems and funding for them. Uh, many people avoid the international agencies, the UN family of agencies. Many people avoid the traditional philanthropies, as Michele said early on today. You know, there have been issues and concerns and incidents in all of those spaces. So. It may be that we're in the midst of a time when we're rethinking what are those channels, that is what connects money and problems. Uh, a second is the, the scale of the challenge in trillions is really off-putting for many people. Uh, even billions or hundreds of millions are large numbers, but for many people, when, when we say 15 to 17 trillion dollars or euros, that the scale of that money is unimaginable to many people. It often results in people feeling that it's fruitless or it's impossible. Again, you know, a lot of people would call a collective action problem. No one wants to be the first to act in what seems like an implausible situation that will never be solved. And so again, this is this is one of those reasons that there's hesitation or in some sense why money isn't flowing uh, as yet. 
A third issue is that many of these issues are still controversial. They're not controversial in terms of like the well-being of people or why good sanitation is important, but they're controversial in terms of many people's everyday perspectives or concerns or issues. And so that's a learning and education task. I think those three obstacles together mean that there are relatively small amounts of money flowing even where there are obvious and easy solutions. I'll give you an example that a lot of people know. Decades ago, people realized that for very little money, a couple of cents a day, you could provide a mixture of magnesium and potassium that would restore uh, the electrolyte level in children who've had diarrhea and other uh, illnesses where they've lost a lot of bodily fluid. And the kids dehydrate and then they die. This happens all over the world to you know, thousands or hundreds of thousands of kids every week. And so a long time ago, people realized what they call oral rehydration therapy, ORT, was a cost-effective solution that worked. It was easy to do. That took a long time to diffuse. That took a long time to become common practice. And it is even in still in some places difficult to access that. I think those the lessons from those kind of historical cases around why it's so difficult to diffuse even cost-effective solutions you know, is telling for the question that you're raising. And I don't want to under, I don't want to minimize the, the mundaneness with which good ideas don't spread or solutions don't spread or finance, you know, resources don't get to where they need to be. I think in a sense, our work was much more modest in scale. We didn't set out to solve the SDG funding gap. We set out to say, oh, could we use some current technology in slightly enriched ways to start the flow of money. Not that that's going to meet the whole funding gap, but it's a new, it's an experiment. And so, and so for example, the, the way we looked at this, you know, McKellie did a lot of work looking at these existing platforms, which are not particularly huge. You know, the largest is about 23 million. The others are in the single digit millions of funding. So this is trying to say what worked, what we learned from them. And this is opposite to your, to your question. We learned that it really matters to have someone customize those activities. This is our interest in system builders who will be the actors who bridge between the platform and lots of particular policy issues. That's what hasn't happened in some of the incumbent uh, crowdfunding platforms for SDGs. So we see a number of pretty basic solutions, mobilize the ecosystem, get intermediaries involved as system builders, understand that the power of the platform is to create a common place of action that still requires a lot of idiosyncratic local system building brokering activity to connect particular donors or potential donors with particular uh, challenges and metrics and funding stream. So on one hand, you know, you've asked the question of, is our aspiration that over time this can be useful? I think we're saying, yes, we think it can be useful because it can give us on the ground micro knowledge about what's gonna make these funding platforms even more valuable and able to handle larger sums of money. I think if the sums of money got into the hundreds of millions or, or billions, let alone trillions, that would present a series of scale issues around legal law, regulation, compliance, you know, the, the platforms would need to really step up their game if that volume of money were flowing through them, simply to not become uh, venues for some kind of, you know, money laundering or other kinds of illegal activities. So 
I think there's a set of, of birthing opportunities, which is where we are at now. How do we just get these platforms to be tuned up and become congenial venues for creating easy access for more donors to more issues. Then there's another set of issues at scale that would require a whole different set of expertise, a different set of system builders, much more monitoring and information gathering. How has, uh, so you, this is innovative research on new funding mechanisms uh, in new contexts. How has the research been, uh, uh, how have people responded to this? Um, there has been a lot of interest so far in uh, publishing the research on uh, different uh, internet resources. Uh, we have presented it a couple of weeks uh, in uh, in London at a conference uh, organized uh, by the World Association for Sustainable Development. And uh, we are going to be invited also to a couple of more conferences in the next months. And uh, what, what I notice is that there is a, a very high interest and um, in, and it can go in different directions. So there's been an interest on behalf of a, a, some organizations saying, hey, can you help us to build a, uh, help us to build a crowdfunding platform that we can use to attract resources towards what we are doing already? Or then there are other conversations in which we say uh, on the corporate uh, level, maybe a crowdfunding, a donation crowdfunding platform for the SDGs can be used by a corporate to advance corporate social responsibility commitments aligned to the SDGs while connecting at the same time with customers who become donors on the platform. And uh, and so I think uh, we go back to that concept in which this is really a malleable instrument. And uh, if we provide the right uh, framework and infrastructure, then uh, it can be used uh, by different stakeholders with different agendas, but towards a final common purpose of contributing to sustainable economic development and SDGs. Great. And your research, are you continuing in this uh, area? Are there other questions that you have that uh, maybe other people will, can run with now? <laughs> yeah. Uh, we are um, we are actually uh, have set up a, a prototype of this platform, and uh, using uh, the um, you know one of the dominant technology stacks, and uh, we are identifying already a few organisations that would like to um, offer themselves as a, a tests for the prototype of the platform, and then we intend to present the results to different uh, institutions at national uh, level and some UN body to, to prove what, what has been done. Excellent. Excellent. You know, to, to just to add on that a little bit too, to what Michele is saying, I think that the questions here are, there are two kinds of questions, right? One are, how can we improve the efficiency of crowdfunding platforms and channel more money to the SDGs. I think there's also a, a, a richer question, which is how do we deal with these arenas of uncertainty and ambiguity? And how do we create metrics in those arenas that help to stabilize them and provide shared guidelines for coordinated action? And I think the SDGs are a classic case of establishing a set of guidelines or frameworks in the middle of a lot of ambiguity. And so for, for my purposes, I think with McKelley as well, looking at a concrete reference like crowdfunding platforms and saying, how do they change over time? As we see, for example, as we start seeing people mounting campaigns, we would want to follow that 
portfolio of campaigns and see which ones work, which ones work well, which ones don't work well. So there's a whole area here of seeing as system builders start to do the work, the ecosystem shaping work. Um, it would be great to have those data and to, and to be able to talk about what tends to work well, what tends to run into difficulties. There's also the more, you know, the more general problem of many of the world's most interesting issues are fuzzy, complicated, uncertain, ambiguity-filled challenges. And so we're going to see, I think, another generation of scholarship, another generation of research, and also policy initiatives that try to experiment and make sense of that ambiguity in ways that are amenable to actual intervention. So the, the our particular project is SDGs at the level of crowdfunding platforms. There's a bigger space here of grappling with grand challenges and finding ways to turn those grand challenges into measurable initiatives and then experimenting around different solutions to those measurable initiatives. And that's sort of the, you know, that's the bigger question I think a lot of people are interested in. Well, that's uh, quite a full plate, <laughs> I'm sure. Um, uh, look forward to hearing uh, further developments on your research in, in these areas. And uh, thank you both so much today for taking the time to share this research that you've been doing and the, the outcome and the results. And I wish you the very best of success on your ongoing research. That is really kind of you. Thank you. And thank you for having us. It's a really a pleasure to talk with you and have a chance to bring our ideas out into a wider conversation. So very, very welcoming of you to create this venue and to uh, invite us along. Yeah, thank you very much on my side. Very kind of you for having us. Great. Great. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Sustainability Agenda podcast. I hope you found it interesting. It would be great if you could leave a review and share the podcast on social media. You can sign up at iTunes to make sure you don't miss any future episodes.